The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works in giving you a boner. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Besides from me reading this, it's made in the U.S. of A. America. And... Since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we'd like to thank them for sponsoring this train wreck of a podcast. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. No, I got the other one too. I'm just reading, just reading the wrong one. Uh, you just you just went full, Ralph. <laughs> you never go you full, went, Ralph. You went man. Ralph to a level that Ralph hasn't gone. <laughs> hey, Ralph, here's a new opening. And now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, at Saints Happy Hour podcast. We are a day late because the stomach flu virus nearly killed me. And I said, I, I told everyone you had Zika. Is that not accurate? Uh, Wait, I'll tell Zika? you what I almost you had. Mean Zika? Zika? Yeah, sorry. The greater New Orleans area and the internets almost got to see me vomit live on TV with Eric Paulson, which I was scared to death. I should live. have. On I, TV with Eric Paulson. I should have bailed out of that. Uh, I should have bailed out of that live hit, but I. It was too late when I. Re- it was by the time I realized that I shouldn't be doing it. It was too late, and I just had to tough it out. And I just thanked the Lord in, in heaven that I didn't vomit or crap my pants on live TV. Uh, well, frankly, I'm disappointed. I, I was kind of <laughs> yeah. hoping I would see you do those things. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. It was total. It would have been totally on brand. Yeah. It would have it would have been on it would have could have gone viral. It would you could have yeah. joined Scott Walker in the uh, annals of uh, of viral uh, local news clips. Yeah, I could have bought. I would have made I would have made the boom goes the dynamite guy from like 15 years ago look like a, a competent sportscaster. It could have been the new Cha-Ching. <laughs> so anyway. The Saints did not crap their pants. They went to Seattle and won a football game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle hadn't lost in September, I think, ever under Pete Carroll. Uh, Dave, I said in my comment. 9-11 truther. He's a 9-11 truther. He he got clocked in the face with a football. Just so we're clear. He was clocked in the face by a football before the game, too, and it went downhill from there. But, Dave, I said it was maybe – Besides the Gleason game, which is in its own category, the most emotionally satisfying win that the Saints have had in the Sean Payton era, and maybe since Aaron Brooks made his first start against the Rams in 2000. Like, it was that much fun and that satisfying to watch them win in the rain in Seattle without Drew Brees. I think I was so surprised that of everything that was happening that um, I wasn't really totally emotional about it. I was just really kind of stone-faced and just really in shock and awe. Um, I 
you know, so I, the the games that I always remember that I always love are the ones that come down to like lack second field goals or overtime or something like that. I mean, you know, this didn't have any exciting ending. Uh, it was just a good game to watch from beginning to end because of the way that the Saints, I mean, for the most part, dominated. I don't feel like the, the final score um, is indicative of how the game actually played out, um, especially with Tyler Lockett catching all those garbage time catches and fucking me in fantasy football. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, look, they got, it was, you know, obviously getting the touchdown uh, the first time they touched the ball with uh, Deontay Harris's punt return. Obviously, that's huge. You want to get on the board early, just like you want to start the season, you know, right, hot right out the gate. You want to start a game like that, too. So that was that was key. Um, you know, obviously they got the defensive fumble recovery. Hallelujah. The refs didn't blow the play dead. Uh, we got to see them score a touchdown finally. And, and for the most part, we really did get the benefit of all the calls in this game. Uh, I'm really disappointed got every that, that first call, segment of, uh, I, I'm really disappointed that our first segment of how are the refs going to fuck us? Yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. What was it, more well, surprising? We should do it again it was a good reverse jinx, right? What was yeah, more surprising, true. the Saints getting the punt return or getting call after call in that game? So it wasn't it, not Deontay Harris's punt return not surprising at all. He's been so close. Uh, we've all seen, you know, uh, we've all been watching in the last three games and in preseason. We all knew that was inevitable. I thought one of us had either this last week or the week before thought one of us had predicted that he was going to break break one and, and get one. So he finally did. Um, that wasn't really surprising. I think it was you, Dave. I don't, I, I honestly, I really don't remember. And I don't, I don't know if it was last week. It might've I gotta been go back before. and watch the tape. I gotta go right back and do the tape. But so, uh, so that wasn't surprising at all. You know, what was surprising? Is, well, let me let me say this, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, I, I, I Obviously, with Teddy Bridgewater, he wasn't going deep. I don't think he went deep all game. Everything was a lot of dink and dunk stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. I know, I know, I know. Make him feel comfortable. Um, And so when you've got Alvin Kamara on your team who you can do a screen pass or throw over the middle or just use as a safety, uh, I don't think the Saints win that game with any other – I don't care. You could give me Zeke. You could give me Dalvin Cook. You could give me Saquon Barkley. I don't care who you give me. I don't know if any of those guys can do what Alvin Kamara does. He just he, he is like Pierre Thomas on on steroids. He is untouchable. You cannot bring him down. He's got incredible vision. He just just zigs when the other guy zags and he's got a he's got great uh, presence of mind to know when to zig when he should zig and when to zag when he should zag. And he hides, he uses his blockers very well. He's very patient when he runs uh, and he's not afraid to get behind blockers and wait for the right moment uh, to, to attack. Uh, so I just, Alvin Kamara, absolutely, That's it. you know, is the so star a, of this game. And the, I don't think the Saints win this game without Alvin Kamara, you know, because Teddy, he did, gr- he did very good. I'm- There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. 
That's all one word. Broom gate. I'm not going to say he did great, but he did good. He did what we wanted. The 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 short throw, the, sh- the short throw to Michael Thomas. Uh, the short throw to Michael Thomas on the touchdown. That was good. I like that. I mean, he was at least semi accurate, and obviously they put him in a position to win. I think the ga- I think it was obvious that the game plan was let's give Teddy as much help as possible and let's make it easy for him. And uh, I just it was uh, it, it was great. It was it was well, and and Sean Payton totally outcoached the wrong week Carol. when I'm filming. I mean, and I mean, obviously you talk about the turnovers, but the fourth down stops, those are half turnovers right there. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's just a continuation of winning the turnover battle. And when you win the turnover battle like the Saints did, you're gonna, it, there's a good chance you're going to win well, the game. Andrew, here's the, he makes an interesting point. We about didn't Luke. win the turnover battle. It was 1-1, but if you add in the fourth down stops, they kind of did. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Why is turnover on downs? The just side sidebar here. It's like a half turnover in my mind. What? I agree. Why is turnover on downs not a turnover? That's the dumbest thing ever. I think turnover on downs should be a turnover, and I think a missed Absolutely. field should be a turnover. Because I feel Mis- like a. I feel like a missed field goal when you get that. You get the ball and you get that juicy field position because they. They move it back. Yeah, they put it back to the spot. Yeah, yeah. or the holding spot. Yeah, but yeah, you're... but turnover on downs not being a turnover. It's it's kind of like that. The two things that have always been huge pet peeves for me in the NFL is number one, a turnover on downs should count as a turnover, and number two, if there is um, a, a quarterback that does grounding, the the closest defender should get a sack credit for that. Because it's totally unfair that you can be like going down, getting sacked, and just like chuck the ball out of bounds, short <laughs> of the line of scrimmage or whatever, and then the guy loses a sack. I, I, that's always been a pet peeve of mine. The closest defender to the quarterback during a grounding play should get a sack credit. Here, here. Uh, wait, the only the only other thing I want to say about the game, uh, I didn't write these down these notes, but I had them in my head, and I wanted to make sure I get them out. <laughs> the one thing I other thing I wanted to say is, you know, you and I was texting with you guys during the game at the beginning of the game, and Ralph, you know, you were saying they were getting the getting breaks, and I had a bone to pick with that because I don't feel like getting a punt return touchdown is catching a break. I feel like that's what you try to do, and it finally happened. And I don't think it was surprising that Deontay Harris finally broke one. Uh, and I don't consider getting a fumble, uh, causing a fumble and recovering it, running it back for a touchdown, I don't think that's a break either. They're, they're coaching that. You're, they're going for the Well, for the yeah, turnovers. but I mean that play, but, but like— I will say— but I The will Saints could have got—I expected the Saints to get fucked four ways from Sunday on that call, right. though. No, I, mean, I will yes. say I, I will say after I texted you, they did start getting lucky breaks because they didn't <laughs> get the call uh, when they the guy threw him to the when they threw Russell Wilson to the, or whoever it was the receiver. I guess. Davenport. Yeah, Davenport threw him to the ground out of bounds. That should have been called. Uh, obviously, they got called on the field goal kick. Oh, uh, by the way, the we need did. to that we need great. to congratulate Al Woods, former Saints draft pick, for finally doing something positive for the Saints. He was the one that lined up wrong on Will Lutz's missed field. Yeah, it only took him a decade, but it you only know, took him a decade. It. But hey, he came through. I, I got I got two things to mention about the the uh, chat room real quick. Uh, Susan Collins, I have no idea who you are. I don't think I've ever seen your name before on this podcast. So if you're the senator from Maine, is in the chat room. Welcome. Wow. Um, but she said she said people. a normal turnover. Person ever in the chat room. We got the senator from Maine. Yeah, we got we got Susan Collins, but she says a, a normal turnover is an unplanned mistake. A turnover on downs is planned, and the risk is known and taken. I mean, that is the most articulate explanation. I mean, fair enough. Well said. I didn't. But that doesn't do wrong. That's still no. That that doesn't make it not a turnover. That's that's just. I think that that argument—I don't know if it's an argument—but I think whatever what she's saying is that. Uh, well, that's the distinction, and that's why it's not called a turnover, I guess. But I, I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's okay. a good explanation. I'll give her credit for that. Number two, and this is what I wanted to say about this game. Uh, Nola uh, posted that the leg was money, goat punter, par for the course with that dude. Um, right. Yes. My thing about Morstead. Okay, listen. 
first of all, four are punts you, are you about of to a shit six. Four out of his six punts were inside the 20. Um, one of them was out of bounds at the two. The other one was caught by Justin Hardy at the four. Um, despite the fact that he had his greatest a 56-yard gross average, which usually when you're punting the ball that big means you're setting up returners. He gave up 12 return yards on six punts. That's two yards per punt return. His net was 52. 52 yards net in that weather. And, and like, usually... Ridiculous. Like, net, net a, a net of, like, 42, 44, that's pretty good. He had 52. This was... I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here, at least in my pers- perspective... That was the best punting performance I've ever seen in my life. Bill Belichick was, is it wasn't Alvin Kamara. It wasn't Eli speak. Apple punching the ball out. It wasn't Von Bell scoring the defensive touchdown. It wasn't Deontay Harris it's running the sexy. punt back. It's not sexy. The player of the game was Thomas Morstead, period, end of story. I I would agree with that. I would just say I don't agree with that. But he's, I mean, it was it was by good. far his best performance. I mean, I think right. him or Kamara. But I just I gotta lean with just lean slightly to Dave in that. Man, Alvin was so good. He was just. It, but, it, was, it was good. And they're gonna have to pay him all the money. Eventually. All of it. All fucking of it. all of it. They're all gonna it. need like three Brinks trucks. I mean. You know he had sixty percent of the offense <laughs> in yards gained. I mean, Andrew, if he says he wants Michael Thomas money, they have to give it to him, right? Like, especially if Breeze retires, they can't. You know, they can't not pay him. You know, I think they're going to have to take money from Michael Thomas somehow, steal it from him, and give it to Alvin. <laughs> Can they just Super steal it from Drew? Super deformed says Ramcheck is the player of the game. Uh, we need That's to talk racist. about. We need to talk about trading Drew Brees. Well, tra- I mean, clearly that's the thing. But me and Andrew have been fighting with the Saints Twitter people. They have a they have a group of on Saints Twitter that they just I don't know if they're ever going to be happy with what Teddy Bridgewater gives them. I think if he goes for three fifty and four against Dallas, they'll move the goalpost. I don't know what you want from Teddy Bridgewater in the rain. When you're up twenty to seven, like he game managed it, they got the win, and people are like, "Well, his a dot sto- score, which is average depth." Oh my throw, god! Was, was what? what? I'm like, I got a, I got a I dot stat for you. I got a win. I mean, I just feel like I've never even heard of that in like the people. Years of- are, are, they overanalyze these quarterbacks so much that we wouldn't, Andrew. We would not have done this at fucking all if Drew Brees had done this Sunday. People wouldn't have wouldn't I would not see screenshots of open no. Edgin or open Cook or whatever the fuck. No one would have done this for Drew Brees. No one would have would have said his they would have been ah his score was bad, whatever. Or they'd have thrown out an advanced set. No one would have broke it down like the goddamn Zapruder film and explained to me why why no actually the game that the Saints won on the road in Seattle, Teddy Bridgewater actually was garbage. No, we wouldn't have done it if it was Breeze, and it just annoys me to no end. Well, I mean, I, I, there are, there are people. There there is a small pocket of people. I'm sure that some of these are the people that are arguing with the, you guys on Twitter. There's a small pocket of people, yes, who will never be happy, uh, who may there may be racially motivated uh, to not be happy, um, but. I think that we also need to keep in mind that as far as this discussion about Teddy Bridgewater, you know, there's two, there's two components to it. There is the people, I think like you, Ralph, um, who are only looking at it from the window of, we just need him to do well for these six games. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who are looking at it from the window of, he's supposed to be Drew's heir apparent so the future audition right right so you know we need to see him continue to develop so we know that he's going to be the next in line or we don't know whether we need to move on or whatever and so those two things don't necessarily jive 
Um, uh, so, you know, you got to make sure that when you're arguing with somebody on Twitter that you're, you know, you're, you're comparing apples to apples and not apples to oranges. Well, I think, I think we're too, they're two bad drives away versus Dallas for people wanting to taste them. I think there's a, there's a, there's a two. I think there's people out there that want to taste them to start. I mean, there's a, and they, they couldn't say anything. I want to say just anything. for shits and giggles, just because it's, I, it would just be fun and exciting. I, I mean, it's a, you know, if you run the car into a ditch, it would be exciting too. I mean, okay, let's do that too. <laughs> I mean, Taysom Hill in the rain in Seattle throwing thirty passes would have been a fucking abject disaster. But Andrew, I want you to make your point that you made to me uh, while I was driving and trying not to crap my pants going to work and I had to turn around on Monday. You made the point that people, they view these quarterbacks as sort of like they're frozen in time and they're what they're, they're going to be for all time and they don't, they, they don't see improvement or getting worse. They view, they view Teddy Bridgewater as what he, did sat, what he did Sunday, that's all he'll ever be with the Saints and that evidence – evidence shows that that might not be the case and we have that with Drew Brees yeah I don't know this whole thing is it's it's one of those things for me where guys can get better they can get worse and I just don't accept that hey here's here's film from two games and here's a couple screenshots and here's three plays I'm going to run for you that I got from coaches film. And this is what it's going to be like forever. I I just feel like as we do this as fans, we are in such a hurry to have it all figured out. We know what Teddy Bridgewater is. And, and my thing is you go back to Drew Brees, his first start uh, with the saints. He threw for under 200 yards. He had a touchdown. He had an interception. Uh, I think he completed like 60% of his passes and the Saints beat Cleveland. And how, how did we feel about that win? Were we saying, yeah, Drew Brees, he's not the quarterback of the future. It's time to get rid of him. Like we, first game, let, let's unload him. When the Saints beat the Falcons 20-3, to um, and one of those touchdowns was Steve Gleason blocking a punt and Curtis DeLoach picking it up and scoring. Um, Brees, I think in that game, I think he threw under 200 in that game too. Um, really for him to start in 2006, the saints were three, and zero to begin. And he really wasn't playing great. He was just kind of being a game manager. Now I'm not saying that Bridgewater is going to do that. I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to win against Dallas and I don't know what happens from here, but my point is, can we just evaluate this guy on a week to week basis and not draw conclusions from what he did in the rain at Seattle, I just I, I think it's imprudent, and I I just think it's jumping to conclusions. It's awfully presumptive. I don't I, disagree. And by, and by the way, Ralph, you still haven't gotten the office space jump to conclusions sound bite. We could have used not. it again right there. Uh, but I have uh, this yeah, though. I'm not going to work don't... here anymore anyway. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mike. I don't uh, I don't disagree with Andrew's you know overall point, but I don't know. Comparing Drew Brees' first three games, I mean, we as a fan base, as a city, we were in a totally different place. Yes. We done with Aaron Brooks. We were looking to latch on Recovering to Recovering from Katrina. Yeah, but we were looking to latch on to anything. So I think if you put Ted, if Teddy Bridgewater was the one that came in and he won the first three games and I, I think and, and played you know, just mediocre uh, quarterback, I think there still would have been uh, an affinity for him. So I, I don't know if you can compare those two things. Well, I, I just think the thing that's, that, that is, is frustrating to me is, like Andrew said, you don't know if he's going to get better or if it's going to be worse. But the thing is, you know, people were – I was arguing with someone. They were saying, look, if the Saints had fallen behind – and, and hadn't had a punt return for a touchdown and hadn't had a fumble recovery and they were behind, 
Teddy Bridgewater wouldn't have been able to do what Russell Wilson did in the rain and throw for 400 yards and take the Saints from behind. I'm like, well, yes, on earth too, in the game that you watched where it didn't go well for the Saints and they fell behind, Teddy Bridgewater had to do these things in, in this game that you watched that was horrible. I can't criticize him for not being able to do the thing that he didn't have to do uh, to win the game. It's just, did he do did he, did he did he do enough to win the game? Yes, we have five more weeks without Drew Brees and the Saints. Not only did they win, they moved alone in first place. And every week that they stay in first place and they're a week closer to Drew getting back is a huge. Win. It was like a double win on Sunday, Andrew, because not only did they win, they gained ground without Drew Brees, you know? And that's how I want. I just, like, be in first place when Drew gets back and Teddy Bridgewater's worth double what they're paying him. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's important for us all to remember that Teddy Bridgewater is a backup. He is a backup quarterback in the NFL. He is a backup quarterback for a reason, be that lack of ability, injury, you know, whatever, whatever circumstances have, have led to him being the backup for the New Orleans Saints instead of a starter elsewhere. Um, you know, that, that's what he is. And so is his ceiling Case Keenum or Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's a fringe starter and a deluxe backup is that is that the arc of his career or could he be Joe Flacco or Matt Stafford where he's a statistically relevant starter that you know maybe with the right support could make a run in the playoffs is he is he Nick Foles you know is he is he one of those guys that can make a run with the right roster or you know is 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 his ceiling maybe um, I, I, I could throw any other guy out there, but you know, the point here is I don't think he'll ever be breeze or Rogers or Brady, whatever, or Mahomes. He, he's never going to be one of those guys. He's not a transcendent quarterback. Can the saints win with him? Can they go far with him with the right support? Is he Eli? I, I believe he is. Yeah, I believe he be. can be, I believe he can be that. Yes. Here. Here's a question, Dave. Somebody brought up in the chat room. I just want to see the Saints get off to a good start and not have a ton of penalties. The Saints, if you, they had a uh, like I don't know what you call it, but it's a chart where they they plot teams on the graph and they had the teams that had lost the fewest amount of points by penalties and the most amount of points by penalties. The Saints had lost the third most points due to penalties. Um, they have got season. To- for the season, yeah. They got to clean that shit up. I mean, it, it didn't bite them in the ass in Seattle, but that's the second straight week. Like, it's been a disaster almost when Teddy Bridgewater's getting into the game and they're having penalties early, whether it's holding, false starts, uh, formation penalties. I mean, maybe it'll get maybe it'll get better at home, but are you yeah. – uh, I, straight weeks I, I actually think Bridgewater's partly to blame for that. Explain. Well, I, I just think – First of all, I mean, it starts with breaking out of the huddle. You get, you got a different voice. Um, it, it's not a guy that you're comfortable with. He maybe calls the play a little differently. I mean, his cadence is a little different. And so th- that takes a little while to get used to. And when you're expecting Breeze to say it a certain way um, or you're expecting him to break out of the huddle a certain way and it's a little different, you lose a split second there maybe just thinking about things. So that's the first thing. You know, the second thing is I just think when he's escaping the pocket or or doing – an offensive lineman may be used to Drew stepping into a pocket, and so you're like, oh, shit, he's out of the pocket, and you grab a jersey. You start to hold. So – Yeah, thanks to the NFL for cutting down the holding penalties after after Tom Brady told him to stop. Thank him for that. That was nice. So, yeah, Andrew, you th- you're still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. You t- you texted me that my audio was bad, so I thought uh, I should stop talking. He sounded he sounded fine to me. <laughs> you know, you just sounded a little bit uh, a little bit wobbly for like two minutes, but it's fine. Did, uh, did, did I sound wobbly to you, Dave? No. 
Maybe it's just me. Uh oh. Um, yeah. All right. Well, could it's, be issue. It's not blame me when it's Ralph's fault. I mean, my God. <laughs> Probably it, it's always my fault. Um, but uh, that's a good that's fault. a good point, Andrew. But I think they've got they've got to clean that up. Especially look, we'll pre- we'll preview Dallas at the end of the at the end of the the night. But um, they gotta they gotta get that cleaned up. But oh, by the way, Dave. Speaking of people cleaning up, I cleaned up gambling this week. If people you did. To, I did. If people you wanted did? to, I did. I went. I went five and zero in my WWL picks, and I went four and one in my picks on the gambling show on Friday. So I made a little bit of money. Uh, so if people wanted you, to do like me and gamble, your Greenway people, boys uh, screwed me, Dave. Oh, I, wait. After this, we're talking about this um, <laughs> because they didn't screw me. Uh, but uh, if you are going to bet, I think you should go to my bookie. Um, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Because let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Uh, did you know you could bet on a game after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, like if you had bet on Tulane to win, uh, then you could always just then you could just always take the other side, and you could have bet for Houston, and then you would have been a big fat fucking loser, motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, so join now and my bookie will double your first deposit so use promo code armchair to activate the offer that's promo code armchair so visit m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e dot a-g today you play you win you get paid let's talk about Tulane ladies and gentlemen where's my shirt Dave where's my McCleskey miracle t-shirt where is (laughs) it I think I think we might be calling it the Mick Miracle, you know, for McMillan or whatever. Um, <laughs> the best seven of twenty was... quarterback, seven of twenty completions ever. So yeah, that's right. Uh, after that game, you know, De'Ara King on Houston, the quarterback, he's uh, he, he's going to transfer, or he's you know he's sitting out the rest of the season now. Uh, we we totally destroyed Houston and their athletic their they football were so program. So sad. So um, sad. It, it was tough. Uh, for those, but just a quick recap for those that don't know, you know, we always talk, we talk about LSU. It's time to give Tulane a little love because they're finally beautiful. doing very well. Mm. Uh, they played Houston at, in Yolen Stadium. They were favored by five points. I made a little friendly wager with my buddy Joe, who may or may not be listening, and I even gave him the five points because he's a degenerate gambler. I even gave him the five points, and I said Tulane's still going to win. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Tulane goes down 28-7. to They are down by 21 points. They wind up coming back. This team, they have uh, the mental toughness uh, that we love to see in a football team. They are a great group of guys. Uh, they came back from 21 points. They wound up winning the game, covering the five-point spread. It was the most exciting play uh, uh, game in Yolman Stadium in, in the short history of Yolman Stadium. And they ran a filthy trick they play ran, that they, was they ran, just art. They ran a variation of uh, of the old fumble ruski. Uh, they faked the kneel down. But they handed it off to uh, another guy that faked like he was just kneeling there. And then he wound up taking off and running while the quarterback, McMillan, uh, faked as if he was doing a bootleg out to the other side. But uh, the funny thing was, I just saw an article today. You know, Tulane played Auburn week two and they lost, but they gave him a good run for their money, I thought, for an SEC team. And... Uh, Gus Malzahn admitted, their, their head coach admitted, uh, I guess it was today at a press conference, that um, he was wondering why uh, Willie Fritz, the coach of Tulane, why he called a timeout late in the second quarter, right before the half, uh, why he called this a timeout. And it was because our coach, Willie Fritz, he recognized that Malzahn was about to run that same, a, a, a similar version of that same fake fumble ruski kneel down and Fritz <laughs> recognized and called the timeout and stopped it from happening. Um, so that's clever man. We have, we have a Willie Fritz is a good man and he's an even better football coach. And I'm, I'm really enjoying, uh, Three I'm really and enjoying one this. Might be going to a decent bowl. Three and one. Maybe we might be going to, uh, what do we want? The winner of the AAC goes to, uh, Liberty football. Yeah. The Liberty bowl. Yeah. yeah. Liberty. So back to the Saints. And look, 
we didn't talk about it. Me and Andrew, by the way, you should you should sign up for the daily podcast. The grades are awesome. Do it at ten dollars. You get Andrew's grades. You get the grade podcast. You get the daily podcast every day. Me and Andrew have been positive on these, and they we were po- super positive on Monday, and, and they resume Thursday the daily ones. Uh, but Andrew, there there are some things to be concerned about, and my main concern is Marshawn Lattimore. He just looks like a shell of what he was in 2017 like where where is the corner that's good is it is it is it him is it the defensive they're they're asking him to play what is wrong with him and how can we get him back how can we get 2017 Marshawn Lattimore back uh well I I think he's going to get opportunities to go back to his normal self because teams are not afraid to throw at him um, you know, we, we've seen this now three weeks in a row. Uh, the Texans were able to have success with him covering Hopkins. Uh, the Rams right out of the gate early in the game went deep to Brandon Cooks and beat him and then targeted him in the red zone again and were able to beat him with Brandon Cooks. And then, um, you know, this past week he had some struggles on the deep ball again. Uh, and he was beat once on a deep ball. And, and so, you know, Lattimore – especially late in that game when the Saints went to kind of prevent, they, they were throwing under underneath his way a lot. I mean, Russell Wilson, that was his first read every time was Lattimore. So um, I, I think until he is able to intercept a ball or bat a couple third down passes down in a row or make plays, I think teams are going to continue to go his way. And um, it, it's a concern for me. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him or why he he's had moments. That's the thing. Like he he's when the play has been in front of him in general, he's tackled. Well, uh, he's been physical uh, when the play is over his head, uh, he's getting beat consistently. Um, and so my main thing is, Hey, he's going up against Amari Cooper this week. He's going up against Mike Evans the following week. And, I just, based on the tape that they're seeing, Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston are going to go after him. I'm going to barbecue your ass in molasses. Pretty much that. I, I know they are. Yeah. And and it's going to be up to him. I, I think at some point they will say, oh, he's corrected it. He's good again. He is. It's not working out for us throwing his way. Um, but so the way I look at it, it's it's both good and bad in that. I know he's going to get plenty of opportunities to redeem himself because teams aren't going to be afraid to go after him. Um, but the bad thing is that if, if he really just doesn't have it and he's, he's slipping, then you're looking at guys like Mike Evans and Amari Cooper embarrassing him. Dave, how many weeks do we give the defense before we start to really worry? Because, look, last year – they sucked opening week. They got better against Cleveland, but they had massive failures right at the end, and it took a miracle and bad kicking to win. Atlanta week three, they were trash. <laughs> the Saints just managed to win in overtime because Drew Brees was amazing, and the Saints managed to win. Uh, and then they sort of found their footing. Uh, how long do we give them before we start to be like, uh, this is not good? Well... I mean, you know, winning this game in Seattle, actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually thinking about it now, and I'm kind of changing my mind. I was going to say that it gives them a longer leash. You know, it, you know, it gives them a little bit longer of a timeline. Uh, well, the thing prove... that gives them a longer leash is the NFC South is trash. <laughs> it's true. It's been very nice to be in this in this, this uh, so division great. this it's year. so great. Facts um, only. But then I, but then I was thinking, well, maybe since we've proven that we can beat a team like Seattle on the road in the rain, then then we should be able to beat uh, a lot of other teams. So I don't know. You can look at it either way. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a problem. I, I'm, I'm really optimistic now after this last game. If, if, if the team can play a complete game and rally around, you know, rally around Bridgewater and uh, while we wait for Breeze to come back, I don't, I, I, I think that they're, they're going to be I mean, okay. I, I think three and three at the bye, or, or when's our bye? Week eight. Uh, four you know, and four. Yeah, four and four by the bye. I think that's uh, honestly at this point. I I think that would be 
mildly disappointing. I mean, we just stole a- one from Seattle, and we really want to win against the Bucks. And then who's that? Who's after that? Carolina. Then they have Arizona and the Bears, right? Yeah, I mean, come on, Arizona. Well, Jack, let's see. I mean, they have some, they yeah, have some hard defenses coming up. I, I will say, yeah. an aside, which was just fantastic. I, I it was a, a story on the Falcoholic. They were comparing uh, Dan Quinn to 2014 Mike Smith, and I just crushed that article up and snorted. That's that. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds pornographic. It was porn. I just, I just like it was just like doing a line of coke. I was just like. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. Um, so they, they literally Dan Quinn is like if they lose to Tennessee and then they go to Houston and lose, they'll be one and four. Dan Quinn's getting fired, and when you fire your coach, I mean that's just your season's done. Um, and so I mean eight and eight, nine and seven is probably winning the South. But but I do think uh, I don't know. We're not worried about uh, the new quarterback in Carolina. I mean Arizona's defense is hot garbage. I mean I know he I know he lit them up, but <laughs> I, I mean I just they're they're like Arizona's defense. I think they're thirtieth in yards and thirty first in points or twenty ninth in points. Um, but uh, Andrew, you made a point that you were talking about the win in Seattle sort of seemed to energize the fan base, obviously, but the team seemed to be energized by it, and you sort of had a feeling that like. They're playing with a little bit of house money now. Explain that. Well, I mean, I just think when we looked at the schedule, um, you're just going back to every time the schedule comes out in April or whenever it is, it's human nature. We go through this and we kind of pencil win, loss, win, loss. And I went 11 and five. I know Dave did too. Um, And you, you go through that exercise and we all said, Man, those first four games are tough. And we all said, hey, and this is this is before Drew got hurt or anything. And we said, hey, if they can go two and two with Drew during this period, we consider that a win because then afterwards the schedule softens up a little bit. And, you know, if they go one and three, they're digging themselves a hole. If they start on four, it's a disaster. And if they're two and two, then we feel pretty good. So. They come into this game against the Cowboys two and one. Now the Cowboys are playing great. They're they're three and zero. The combined record of the opponents they've played is one and eight. So they've had easy games, but they've curb stomped all three teams. So I think you got to give credit where credit is due. They look good. Um, The chemistry that Dak has with Amari Cooper has carried over from last year. If you remember how much Dallas's offense ascended when they acquired him, uh, that seems to have carried over and has continued. So Amari Cooper has been huge for that offense. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he held out for a while, but he looks like his normal self. So Dallas is a good team. And I, I this is going to be a very, very tough game for the Saints, but I do feel like it's house money in the sense that, hey, you've got Bridgewater, you're 2-1, and one, you're, you're supposed to lose this game. But I don't know. There's this weird thing about they, they were all on the West Coast for a week together. They've got a little momentum. They're behind Teddy. They found a way to win, and they're coming back home to the Superdome. Weird shit happens. And I just feel like there's belief. There's, they're in first place. They could win this game. Well, if they win, I mean, I think the Dome is going to be – insane Sunday just because I think people are going to be so still on the high from winning in Seattle without Breeze. Like, I think that Sunday night crowd is always lubed and sort of electric. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, too, Ralph, like you, you, mentioned, yes. <laughs> you mentioned this uh, earlier, Ralph, and I agree with you, but wouldn't it be the saintiest thing ever? <laughs> I, I think I actually predicted this a couple weeks ago. That they beat Seattle, that they beat Dallas. Like Bridgewater has an amazing game. Yeah, Bridgewater has an amazing game. The Saints are three and one. We're we're like, oh, we don't even need Breeze. Things are amazing. We're like on you know, cloud nine. And they come back the following week against Tampa and Bridgewater throws four interceptions, they get killed at home by Tampa. (laughs) Like so that would sexy. just be that would be the saintiest thing ever. Now, I, I would prefer to be Tampa 
I think for winning the division and everything that's at stake, like I, I would, if, if we're going to be three and two, I'd rather beat Tampa and lose to Dallas. But I don't know. It would be very saintsy. It would be. So we got some questions. Uh, this is from Chris, uh, Dave. Do you see our pass rush being any more effective in getting to Dak, or should we ex- expect more extended plays that will roast our secondary, a la Russell Wilson? I mean, I don't, you know, keep up that much with the Cowboys, but I know years prior, including up to last year, they've had a great offensive line, and I think they've kept most of those guys on the team and intact. True. So, uh, you know, Dak's going to have plenty of time. And uh, so, it's yeah. Number, number three scoring offense in the NFL. Yeah. So, okay, well. Uh, are we are we talking about this game or no? Because I'm I'm ready to Not go off. Not yet. Because we're, we're answering uh, okay. uh, we're answering questions. Because Andrew people. Andrew was talking about it, and I was ready to I was ready to jump in there. I held <laughs> myself back, and now I'm holding myself back again. This is from. Uh, but anyway, so Chef, yeah. So this is from Chef Ubre. By the way, Chef Ubre, you are a twenty five dollar patron. We have to do your drunk history. We have to get that done. You are a you are one of the f- initial drunk history people. You are more than qualified. Get with me and contact me. We will get your drunk history recorded, my guy. But he asks, what wine do you think Belichick is sipping after turning down the lights, opening the jar of lube, and putting on the Thomas Morstead punt film from Sunday? I'd bet money he's a Cabernet man. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Belichick is... You know, I think you Belichick is a Merlot. Maybe. I think, I, I think he's a Pinot guy. He looks like a secret... Like he's a Pinot guy, and he 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 says it with pride. And since he's got six Super Bowl rings, nobody tells him that that's tr- that's trash wine to drink. Um, but I think I think Belichick's a Pinot guy. Bel- uh, Bel- Bel- Belichick's yeah, he, he's not a Meritage guy. That's for sure. <laughs> What's wrong with Pinot? I thought Merlot was the trash wine. I don't know. I drink bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Here's honey, a question honey. from Eric. Infused, Andrew. infused with honey and mint. Yes, infused with infused with honey and mints. Although not tonight. Tonight it's tonight it's just straight Gatorade, hoping that it just, doesn't run through me like a like shit through a goose. Uh, here's this is from Eric Andrew. This is a good question. Are the Saints going to keep Kamara on a pitch count, or is Peyton thinking, "Fuck it, we're just going to get him a leg replacement in the off season"? Well, I mean, the Saints went full fuck it in the Seattle game, so why stop now? <laughs> I mean, it, the thing is, though, I, man, if he gets, I worry about him if he gets to 250, 300, or God forbid, over 300 touches. I just, his his body, I just, I know he bounces off tackles and this and that, but and he's amazing. But I just worry about the wear and tear, the wear. I would worry about any running back, but especially him. Um, well, well let's, if, let's, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, I mean, uh, what's this? Latavius Murray only got two touches. Uh, on su- on Sunday, I mean, at, at what point are they? I mean, they've got him. I, I think he's from what we've seen. It's he's pretty decent. Uh, he can he can break off a big run. He can break tackles. He runs tall. But I, I mean, everything we saw in preseason and earlier this season, I thought was good. I mean, when are they going to start using him? I mean, it's, he's he's sitting there. That's a good question. My my my, my bust uh, position is. Kind of looking pretty good. Yeah, but that's—I I don't think that has anything to do with his performance. It, it's almost like just like like you were just saying. I mean, Kamara just dude. If he's not—I disagree with you. If he's not in the game, Sean Payton doesn't trust him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think you look at Sunday's game. You can easily say you know. They, dude, he, the they, last they, two games they he knew Kamara was the hot hand. nine yards. Seven series, nine yards. Well, they can't. They can't. You look at the film. Tell me, tell me what you have seen on the film that leads you to believe that he hasn't been getting the job done. I mean, he's not seeing the field. How? There's not much film to go by. But they can't. They can't. They can't have Kamara doing 25 touches a week. That's 375 for the year. That's why. Why why not though? Why not? Like, (laughs) I mean, I know. I know that the Saints' offense has always been kind of a committee thing. Yeah, but like it's a committee of one. I I don't know. Like, 
he doesn't Camaro doesn't have a lot of tread on he doesn't have a lot of wear on on his tires. He's got a lot of tread. I mean, at Tennessee he didn't play a ton, you know. And it's Now's just one of those time, things buddy. where what I mean, if they went full Pittsburgh Steelers Le'Veon Bell with him. And I'm not saying they should, but if they're like you're touching the ball 400 times this year, I mean, you're you're heightening the risk for injury, of course. But what if he doesn't get injured? Yeah. What if I we mean, give him? What if we give him 500 touches this year? I mean, I don't know if I don't know. Here's the thing: I don't know if Latavius Murray is a bust yet. But I, Dave, I am 100 percent sure that Jared Cook is a bust. Like he, I was, I was, I was about to say. My next question is: is do you think we can trade Jared Cook for anything to anybody? Do you think the Miami I, Dolphins would take Jared I, Cook? I have a, I did a, I did a trade in fantasy. You could probably get Vince Beagle back for him. I yeah. did a trade. No wait, I did a trade in the in the the Saints Happy Hour f- Adult Fantasy League that I think in real life could work. I traded Jared Cook for Jimmy Graham. That could work. We could trade him. We could trade. We could trade Cook for Jimmy Graham and bring back Jimmy Graham. There is no way in hell the Packers are making that deal. <laughs> no way. There's no Scoop, way in hell Jimmy Scoop Graham. Says, is call up Jimmy Graham has a touchdown this year. You know who doesn't? Jared Cook. Dan, is it Dan Arnold time at tight end? I hope. I hope. Jer- I hope. I hope Jimmy Graham has more than five catches this season too. <laughs> Joshua says he's worse uh, than I don't, Fleener. I don't. I think he might have less actually. He's worse. He's worse than Fleener. <laughs> he is so much worse than Fleener. I would. I would kill to have a tight end like to Kobe Fleener on the Saints right now. Jared oh Cook. My, my God. Ever. Ever since Graham left, I mean, they just they have never <laughs> been able to fill that void. Jimmy they? Graham has three catches. He, he had three catches for thirty yards and a touchdown in the first game, and he hasn't had a catch since. Wow. wow! Here's a question. So maybe, maybe we could get him then. They they seem pretty maybe. much. <laughs> this is a question from Guy. Uh, what kind? Well, I would be for a, a Jimmy Graham trade. That would be that would be one of our greatest breaking news podcasts ever, Andrew. <laughs> if the Saints traded and brought Jimmy Graham back, it would just be it would just be amazing. It would just be Sign me it, up. Would, it would just be me playing this. <laughs> And that over and over again for 10 minutes. Uh, here's a question from Guy. What kind of Teddy is Teddy Bridgewater? Is he Teddy Ruxpin or Ted from a Seth MacFarlane film? He's, oh, he's definitely – he's Teddy Ruxpin. He's totally – he's like so, you know, soft-spoken and and humble and – yeah, he's totally Teddy Ruxpin. He looked really chill in the post game press conference. Like he, like the, he had like the casual thing going on. I, I like, I liked it a lot. You know, I, 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 uh, I admit I'm on Team Teddy 100. Um, percent So that thanks, jo- Joshua Ford. Joshua Ford in the um, chat room just asked over under. Jared Cook has more touchdown passes, or I, I'm assuming he means more touchdown receptions than Fleener has concussions. How many concussions did Fleener have? I don't know, five. With the Saints? Did he have five? Uh, yeah, I mean, I okay. Mean, we'll that say, that we'll were say, reported, maybe three. We'll say, th- we'll, say, we'll say Fleener had three and a half. Is Jared Cook going to get to three and a half touchdown catches? Dave? No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. I mean... Jared Cook, he better get it together, or they may, they may just. I could see the Saints just like cutting him, and walking away. Like, who would they play though? Who would they play? I don't know. I mean, I, I get that maybe Taysom. they draft the guy, but no, they're not starting <laughs> Taysom at tight end. Come on. <laughs> they could start playing not Taysom because at tight end when Drew gets back. For not sure. Not because they shouldn't. Maybe. Not because they shouldn't, and not because they couldn't, but they won't. Start Taysom at tight end. What? Well, Taysom already has a touchdown, so he's already one up on uh, Cook in that department. True. Um, <laughs> Super Deform says Louisiana fans love them a white quarterback. We, I, I am just excited. 
I really hope in the next five weeks, like Teddy Bridgewater just com- just continues to turn out 20 of 27 for 180 yards and the Saints continue to win. Um, just because it's funny, because it drives the analytical people fucking batty. And I, if the Saints, my dream scenario is Teddy Bridgewater throws for 180 yards and Sean Payton is doing really weird things with Taysom Hill because there's like Pete Prisco and like three or four other analytics guys. They fucking hate Taysom Hill in the game. And whenever he scores, people just ratio them to death and it's just the best. Um, so let's, uh, let's get to the game, uh, on Sunday uh, Dylan asked, "Why aren't you pounding the Saints plus the three with your with a, with your mortgage payment?" Uh, but Dave, the Saints are a three point underdog to the Cowboys at home on Sunday night. Who you got? All right. So Andrew said at least once, maybe a couple of times. You know, he had a lot of positive things to say about the Cowboys. They're a good team. They're three and zero. Let me tell you something. That's bullshit. The combined <laughs> record. The combined record for the teams they've beat is one and like eight, okay? But but they have curb stomped them. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Okay? They beat the Dolphins. Ooh, ooh, yeah. You, you feel tough, don't you? Uh, they beat the, uh, who did the they Redskins. just beat? The Redskins. Oh, yeah, they're a dumpster fire. Jay Gruden about to get fired. Uh, <laughs> they beat the Giants when they had Eli. Um, that, that was pre Daniel, Daniel Jones. So that's, don't even talk to me about that. Uh, they haven't played anybody good and uh, yeah, they've got Dak, they've got Zeke, they've got a great offensive line. I understand they are a good team on paper, but they're in the dome. Uh, the saints, they're getting, they're going to be a new kind of, of, you know, it's, it's not with drew it's without drew, but it's a new kind of amped up. Uh, and I, I, I think, I think this is going to be tougher than Dallas expects. And they, again, they haven't played anybody good. They haven't been tested. They haven't been challenged. Uh, and I'd like to see what they do when, you know, everybody's tough until they get punched in the mouth. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, Saints, it's Sunday night football. I mean, come on, it's prime time in the dome. Uh, I'm going to say Saints I'm not going to go crazy and say 35. I'll say 27. And um, I'm going to say Cowboys 17. And um, the referees are going to miss a... (laughs) Here here it is. The the referees are going to miss... By the way, I just saw an article earlier. uh, The same referee that missed the face mask call in the Eagles game where the guy just totally ripped the guy's helmet off uh, was the same referee, the same back judge from the no call in the NFC championship game. So, oh, great. So, so shocker there, by the way, shocker. Um, but, uh, and I'm going to say the referees are going to call a, uh, no, that's not, that's, they've been calling holding all. I'm going to say they're going to, they're, well, they're going to miss, they're going to miss a face mask penalty uh, on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it might not be, you know, crucial as far as the game is concerned, but it will be a missed call. And um, uh, I think the player of the game. What was that? <laughs> that was uh, a cat. <laughs> Please tell me that I wasn't the only one that heard that. <laughs> <laughs> the perils of the perils of Paraland, man. What do you want? Uh, um, mouth just farted. Um, uh, and uh, player of the game. Uh, let's go with. Uh, you know what? We were rag- we were ragging on earlier. Marshawn Lattimore going to be locking it down, locking it down on. Uh, wow. I don't know. Well, Gallup's not going to be playing, so I don't know who they're. Who's the next yeah. guy up for the? I picked up Gallup Cowboys. and immediately put the Marlboro Fantasy stink on him. Thanks. I have you to blame for that. All right, Andrew. So, so who do you got? Uh, Cowboys 
30, Saints 17. I think it'll be a comfortable win for the Cowboys. Um, I picked the Saints to lose last week. That seemed to work well, so I see no reason to change that. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel great about this game. I, there is the whole house money thing, which tempts me to pick the Saints, but I, I just don't think Bridgewater th- – this game, I think, will demand that he – step up his performance and he's going to have to um, sling it and he's going to have to be able to keep up with the Dallas offense, which I, unfortunately I, the big matchup to watch for me is Lattimore against Cooper um, because I, I think Dallas is going to go after him and I don't think he's going to do great, unfortunately, but I, I think that's the one. If, if Lattimore can have a huge game and, and shut down Cooper, then that changes things for me, but I don't think he will. So you don't think he will? What's your score? I think he wound up getting cut out. Oh, didn't didn't sound like he was done talking. He did not. <laughs> it sounded like <laughs> it sounded like he's he died. He died. In the he's, of he's his just prediction. like out he go. You know, that's just, what happens when you go against the Saints. Yeah. My so, my com- my, com- my computer died, so now I'm on my cell phone. There you go. <laughs> okay. nice. Welcome back. Yeah. Nice recovery. So, so what's your score, Andrew? Sorry, thir- I, did I say 30-14 or 30-17? I can't remember. 30-17. I think it was 30-17, yeah. So Dallas wins. Um, but, you know, if Lattimore so – the thing is, like, I, I don't think the Saints can fall I, – I mean, if you remember the game against Dallas last year, I, I just don't think they can be in an early deficit. If it's 14 nothing. They can't play catch up and the game's over. So I think the ideal scenario, if you're imagining a way the Saints win, it's they go down, they get a touchdown, you know, and it's 7 nothing, And then Dallas comes down, the defense holds, and it's 7-3. And then, you know, there, there's, a couple, there's a couple weird plays, maybe a holding penalty that stalls a couple drives. And then the Saints go down, and they have this, methodical drive that burns like eight minutes off the clock and then it's 10-3 Saints and Dallas has two minutes and 17 seconds left in the half and that's where I think maybe Dallas starts to feel tested Dak is feeling some pressure like that to me that's the path to a win because then the crowd is amped and I just think if if it can become that kind of game then the Saints can win um, but what I fear is that Dak goes down, hits Amari Cooper, beats Lattimore, seven nothing. Teddy goes three and out. Dow, you know, Zeke Zeke runs a bit, rips a big run, boom, fourteen nothing. Like it's over. I, I just don't see the Saints recovering from that. So, how the Saints start in this game is going to be crucial. Well, here's the thing with, with my attitude: Sunday was so much fun against Seattle in the rain and with Teddy and all that. And I just – I want the fun scenario, the Saints to win because it's fun for the podcast, obviously. But I think to even amp up my enjoyment of the 2019 Saints season, this has to happen. The Saints need to win 27-24. to 24, But Ted Ginn needs to be involved. And Teddy Bridgewater needs to hit him on like a seven-yard hitch that Ted Ginn takes 85 yards for the win. So we can have this Teddy Bridgewater argument every single week that the Saints win, that Teddy Bridgewater was 21 of 27 and didn't throw a pass longer than five feet. And I could just tweet at all the stat nerds, uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the Saints are 3-1. and one, The Saints are 4-1. and one, And I just, that's what I want to have happen. So that's what I'm saying is going to happen. Saints 27, Dallas 24. Ted Ginn is your Saint Hero of the Week. How about that? I like it. <laughs> so thanks, to everybody, for, for uh, uh, Joshua says, you want another, another C.J. Spiller ending without the overtime. That's exactly what I want, Joshua. I want another oh, yeah. C.J. Spiller ending uh, without the that. overtime. I'll take the overtime. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right, man. Overtime. You gotta go to work in the morning. I gotta. Call Are you going me. to the game? 
No, I could. I got I got huge week at work. I, I couldn't I couldn't swing it. Dude, if, if you offered me overtime right now, I'm so taking that. Because <laughs> then it's a coin flip game, right? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Jared. Jared. Dude, if, you, if you offer me coin, if you offer me coin flip game right now, I am absolutely taking that. <laughs> You're probably. I definitely probably would too. So. Listen, everybody, thanks for joining us in the chat room. We got about a ton of you. The, the, it peaked at like 70-something. Now it's at 35. So thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, we have hit 500 subscribers, unless a couple of you drop out maybe. So that means next week two extra-large T-shirts get given away, and Dave will ship them to your destination and oh by the way thanks to all the international people you probably listen to this later nick and Corey and david they tweeted us on the saints happy hour twitter feed that they got their swag they got their magnet and their koozie if you are a seven dollar patron we will ship our swag anywhere in the world we don't give a shit if it's you're, you're not you're not you're not eligible for the free t-shirt if you trash teddy bridgewater after a win just fyi yeah. <laughs> yes and we will hunt you down so, uh, but thanks to everybody for joining us in the chat. The, the, uh, the live stream is always fun. Uh, sorry, it was a day late. I was, as Dave t- texted me on Monday, a pussy that I couldn't fight through the stomach bug. But I just, I was worried that I would fuck it up because we all know even when I'm not sick and completely sober, the chances of this podcast get off right are slim so with me with a stomach bug it was never going to happen but anyway for Kevin who's MIA for Dave for Andrew uh, until next week the bar is closed look around you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.